Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. You know, changing your oil with a full synthetic oil like Castrol Edge can help your engine get more miles. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $36.99. Get started on your next job today with the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall. And the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. This is Beth Center on VSN, the sports betting network. Welcome back in. It is our number three of VEASAN Bet Center on a Saturday night as we get you set for your NFL Sunday. Week number three, the full slate getting underway tomorrow. Back alongside Jeff Harles, I'm Ben Wilson. One quick note as we close our college football coverage for the night, and we'll keep you posted on any interesting in-game opportunities as they develop for these late-night games. But, Jeff, it is over in Norman. A Gabe Burkich 30-yard field goal caps off a 14-play, 80-yard drive for the Oklahoma Sooners. They get the win 16-13 over West Virginia. Do not come close to covering as 17-point favorites. But that's now a 4-0 start for the fourth-ranked team in the country, Jeff, Oklahoma, and a team that has not come close to covering in three of those four wins. And I should mention the fourth was against an FCS opponent, so that doesn't really count. Again, another performance that was far from convincing for the Sooners. And yet, they get the job done, and they, they remain in the wheelhouse and in a pretty good position to at least continue this run and we've seen the big 12 not exactly look incredibly convincing from top to bottom either no look i I, we're at a point now where oklahoma again you run the table no matter how mediocre you may look if you go 13 and 0 oklahoma's going to be in the playoff just the way it's going to be again ben i this is going to be a better year for teams that we have not seen in the playoff getting there we at least are going to have one that is not a normality there because clemson's not getting there and if Georgia doesn't win the SEC East, maybe Georgia misses as well. That's the one other thing with Clemson falling off, that Georgia, that win week one, doesn't look that good anymore. It looks good, but it's nowhere near as good as 
we thought it was going to look. So, And if you were wondering, could maybe a North Carolina step yeah, up to take later. the mantle? See you later. Sam Howell Heisman tickets as well. Yes. 45-22. Georgia Tech plasters North Carolina Horrible, today. horrible loss for the Tarians. I, I just Horrible. T- completely Embarrassing. baffling. Embarrassing. A completely honesty. baffling loss. Uh, to take if you're uh, if you're North Carolina as a 15 point favorite, you get blown out by horrible. 23. Horrible, horrible. There's no other word for it. It's a horrible loss, horrible performance. On and, that note, and uh, yeah, on that that's, note, shall that, we transition? That's all you need to. Yeah, let's go to the NFL. <laughs> I'm sure. I'll, I'm sure I'll say something that someone else is horrible in the NFL too. Look, there are some bad teams in the NFL. Yes, we'll get are. to them. We will. We will get to as we have done. If you're if you're new to uh, just joining us on this show on your Saturday nights. We will take a look later this hour at the Week 3 Circa Millions consensus lines in our segment we like to call Fade or Follow. So we'll save the top five consensus plays, and we'll give our thoughts as to whether we would fade or follow those. Spoiler alert, one game this week, uh, both sides are in the consensus, Jeff. So, <laughs> so the Fade or Follow segment will just be four games instead of its usual five, which is uh, always interesting when we get that. But we'll get to that a little bit later this hour. Let's start, Jeff, with what I think a lot of people would consider the marquee game of the early window tomorrow as the L.A. Chargers go into Kansas City to take on the Chiefs off of a game that the books made a killing on last Sunday night. Kansas City falling in Baltimore on Sunday night as a three-and-a-half to four-point consensus favorite. Despite being at Jeff, a game where the Chiefs led 35-24, were in complete control, but a couple of late miscues, including a, a turnover when it appeared as though the Chiefs were driving in to kick a game-winning field goal, would not have covered but would have gotten the outright win. Now they come home in a spot that many perceived to be just a natural bounce back for Kansas City. And as a result, this has been bet up from Chiefs minus six and a half up to a key number of Chiefs minus seven with your total. Uh, I am seeing in the market anywhere, Jeff, between 54 and a half and 55. On the other side, we saw such a frustrating loss for the L.A. Chargers. Tony Carrente is still throwing flags on the field at SoFi <laughs> Stadium. I know you were not thrilled with how that, with how that game ended with our refereeing crew Yikes. there in L.A., Chargers lose as a three to three and a half point favorite against the Cowboys, despite the best efforts of Mike McCarthy to uh, to keep them in that game and, and hand it over. But Brandon Staley's guys now have a big test at one and one on the road going to Arrowhead, Jeff. And uh, it's interesting to see. It's not surprising, right, to see the public play coming on the Chiefs. This would be a, a game that you figure would be in the teaser category for a lot of people. Are you worried at all, though, about about the Chiefs side that uh, certainly defensively, and we'll get into this mm. specifically in a second. Defensively, has shown a lot of flaws and a lot of a lot of holes on that side so far through so two weeks. So this is an interesting game because these offenses are both really good. I, I know the Chargers at basic. The Chargers have basically scored the least amount of points they possibly could have through the first two games. They struggled in the red zone against Washington. They struggled in the red zone again against Dallas. They had the horrible interception by Herbert in the red zone in the third quarter. You had multiple penalties, taking touchdowns off the board in the fourth. This to me, Ben is one of those games where even if the total was 56, I'd be looking to go over still. I expect both teams to be able to move the ball. I expect both teams to be in the high 20s here. I also like the Chargers getting the seven points. Now, look, I know the narrative is the Kansas City Chiefs don't cover games anymore. We know that. It's two out of the last 13 Kansas City is covered. But the, even if we didn't have that narrative going, I still would expect the Chargers to play this game close. Justin Herbert, again, no one's on Patrick Mahomes' level because Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the world. Justin Herbert has a a case to be number two at this point. There is a case. I don't think it's the right case, 
but he has a case to at least be close to that, by, at least by the end of the year. And I anticipate that the Chargers are going to be able to move the ball however they want, even though they're not a run-first team by any stretch, as we know. I expect them to be able to run the ball against Kansas City's run defense, which has just been an abomination through the first two weeks. Granted, the best traditional run game in the NFL is Cleveland. The best run game with the best running quarterback in the history of the league is Baltimore, as we know. So I would look to, to the Chargers getting the seven. I would look to the over in this game. Think about it, too. It's not just the narrative, Jeff. It's the fact that on the defensive side of the ball for Kansas City, last in the league so far in pressure rate through two weeks. And, it, you know, it's two games. You don't want to completely go all in on some of these numbers because it is early and as part of a 17-game season. But 31st in defensive DVOA through two weeks. What is, I think, a little more concerning if you're a Chiefs backer, Jeff, is the fact that Frank Clark continues to be banged up. The defensive end is doubtful. Probably not going to play tomorrow. Chris Jones has been banged up. He is likely to go. He's questionable. Traverius Ward, cornerback, out. Willie Gay, linebacker, already on IR. An already depleted Chiefs defense that wasn't very good to begin with. Now they get Justin Herbert, who the only concern I would really have in this game, Jeff, is uh, the Chargers not not capitalizing on points in the red zone. They were 29th in week one in red zone offense. They were 29th in week two in red zone offense. And that's the one concern I would have, not only from a Chargers side standpoint, but a total, because as you pointed out, probably if you look at game flow and game script, the least amount of points the Chargers possibly could have scored in the first two weeks. That's the only concern you would have, at least to me. I think the one on the injury front too, no Chris Harris, the cornerback, but should point out Asante Samuel Jr. made his first career start filling in for him last week. It was pretty good. A couple pass reflections and a pick. Uh, no uh, Justin Jones on the defensive line. Joey Bosa comes in questionable, but uh, Kyler Fackrell has... Uh, been very good so far. He's second in the uh, in the NFL in the in the pass rush PFF grade to this point. So I think the Chargers will be fine holding up defensively. It's just we talked about this week one with with the, with the Browns in a pretty similar spot from a number perspective. Do you still feel comfortable with the volatility again going on the road and it's Mahomes? Can you really stomach that play? I use the Chargers in the contest this week at six and a half. Probably my least like my fifth favorite play of all these, Jeff. Just for more than anything, a lack of other options. Uh, but I'm not really sure that I, I would want to go out and, and tease L.A. even up to 13, even if it's kind of the same logic before is, is why I didn't tease the Browns in week one, even though they ended up covering. And I had, again, the Browns in the contest. Similar thought processes here goes, Jeff. I, I, I do think this will be a game played within the number the whole way, but a late Kansas City touchdown or two and maybe a couple drives that the Chargers cannot turn, uh, turn good possessions into touchdowns instead settling for field goals. I could easily see that being what does in this L.A. team. Yeah, look, again, you have to, if you're going to beat Kansas City, you better score touchdowns in the red zone. You better. If you don't, you lose. So, look, if the Chargers mess around in the red zone and have a bad day in the red zone for the third consecutive week, they're going to lose. It's just a matter of getting there with the uh, w- with getting the seven. Again, I, I think seven's too much. I thought this was should have been a six or even, uh, even on the dead number of five here. Yeah, and I think, too, if you're worrying as well about L.A.'s defense, keep in mind that for Brandon Staley, who has seen the Chiefs before uh, when he was uh, at at times as a defensive coordinator for the Rams, so far through two weeks, the Chargers have been a team with six or fewer defenders in the box on 67% of their snaps, fourth in the NFL. That's what a lot of defensive coordinators try to do against the Chiefs. They, They show them light boxes with the thinking being you want to defend as many wide receivers as you can, make life difficult on Patrick Mahomes. So I think the scheme will be there for L.A. It's just a matter of, I think this comes down to as simply as it is, red zone offense for Justin Herbert and the Chargers uh, this week. So that'll likely be our uh, really our primary game here in the early window, Jeff. 
another game that I think you and I both like, also in the early window. I have not heard really any chatter on this game, though, all week. And a lot of it is injury-related because Cincinnati goes into Pittsburgh, divisional rivalry in the AFC North. And the Pittsburgh Steelers have seen their line really, uh, really shorten all week. They were, Jeff, in that three, three-and-a-half range most of the week. I have now seen them down to three even money or three minus 105 as we get closer to kickoff. A lot, seems like the, uh, the popular underdog play in some circles, the Cincinnati Bengals, and I'm, I'm not really sure why, to be honest. Look, it's a bad injury report for Pittsburgh. T.J. Watt's not going to play. We know this. He's ruled out. Ben Roethlisberger's dealing with that pec injury, and he's shot put Ben to begin with anyway. So no Deontay Johnson either. Deontay Johnson's not going to play. He got hurt at, on the, the last play of the game when it was already decided. Uh, look, I don't know how much the Johnson injury truly hurts pitch, hit, pit, Pittsburgh as much uh, as some people think. You still have Claypool. You still have Juju. There are still weapons on that offense. That can be utilized here. The problem is the Watt injury. The Watt injury is bad because we saw once Watt went out of the game last week, that game completely flipped. Pittsburgh could get no pressure against the Raiders. Granted, the Raiders' offensive line is better than Cincinnati's. Cincinnati last week, they were horrible, 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 horrible for two and a half quarters against the Bears. And then the Bears let them back in the game, fields through that horrible interception to set up a second touchdown. That was almost a disastrous beat of Yaleta with Chicago last week. I like Pittsburgh laying to three. I think this is just one of those you hold your nose with a team that's more talented, even with their issues. Laying only three against Cincinnati doesn't seem steep enough. So Pittsburgh, right. I like laying to We'll three. give some final thoughts on that game in just a moment as we get into our NFL Week 3 previews. Again, in about 20 minutes, we'll get into fade or follow the Circa Millions consensus plays. We'll do that all in this hour right here as we continue on Houston Bet. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot. But the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. is Bet Center on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Indeed helps find great hires fast. Indeed is your all-in-one platform for interviewing, screening, and hiring high-quality people. Visit indeed.com slash credit. Welcome back in. It's hour three of VSN Bet Center on a Saturday night from downtown Las Vegas. Thanks to Jason Count, our producer behind the glass, as alongside Jeff Parles. I'm Ben Wilson, continuing to take our deep dive into every game on the week three slate. Let's finish our thoughts, too, on Cincinnati-Pittsburgh, Jeff. There's yep. one thing I want to bring up here. We mentioned the Pittsburgh injuries going into break and how that has been a concern for some. As we've seen the line now go, go to Bengals uh, shaded a little bit to that three. Even money for Steelers minus 105. We saw a couple two-and-a-halves flash momentarily this week as well after Pittsburgh opened up minus three-and-a-half. I, I share your thoughts on liking Pittsburgh. Uh, they, they were a contest play for me this week, Jeff. At, uh, at laying the minus three, we mentioned the injuries for Pittsburgh, but let's keep in mind, no starting guard, Xavier Suafilo for Cincinnati, which means we're going to see Jackson Carmen, the second-round rookie out of Clemson, who has taken five snaps all on special teams so far through two games. He is going to make his first career start tomorrow. I don't care that Pittsburgh doesn't have J.J. Watt. Or, sorry, T.J. Watt. 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 I don't have J.J. Watt to begin with. I don't care that they don't have <laughs> T.J. Watt. I don't really care that they don't have Alex Highsmith. He's another linebacker starter for them. He's also out tomorrow. The fact is, this is a Cincinnati O-line that was already bottom 10 in both pass blocking and run blocking the, the PFF grades through two weeks. It's going to be a disaster for Joe Burrow. He's been hit on, on it seems like, every time he, he drops back to pass. So I don't, think the, I don't see this getting any better for Cincinnati offensively. And let's also add that so far through two weeks, Burrow's favorite target, the leader in targets, receptions, yards, is T. Higgins. T. Higgins is doubtful tomorrow. Probably not going to play for Cincinnati. So... Also throw in the fact that Cincinnati has uh, not won a game in Pittsburgh since 2015. It's been just serious ownage by the Steelers in that rivalry. I just this, The line of three feels like, despite all the injury concerns for Pittsburgh, I will take that every day of the week. Yeah, no, look, they are, they are better, even with the issues that we've seen. And look, they very easily could be 0-2. Very easily. Probably should be. Probably Dalvin should Cook be. does not fumble. No, well, both teams, honestly, should be. That's very easily be 0-2. Because I thought for Cincinnati, I thought yep. Dalvin Cook was down when he fumbled. Granted, Cincinnati was up two touchdowns, and they went for it on fourth and one at their own 34-yard line instead of punting. And then uh, and they gave it back to Minnesota, and that the comeback was on. Yes. Pittsburgh needed a miraculous second half against Buffalo to win that game uh, in Orchard Park week one. So, look, I this very easily could have been 0-2 versus 0-2. And, and look, the Steelers, again, this is kind of one of those pivot point games where if you lose this game, you have Green Bay next week, who will get to that game later. I do not like the spot for Green Bay this week against San Francisco on Sunday night. 
But you are in a scenario where your season can go completely haywire very quickly if you don't beat Cincinnati at home. Well, look, you, you lose your first two home games as well. Yeah. It, off of season where, where, two where, 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 where you usually don't lose at home anyway. And, and ownership has said, look, we need to get back to Pittsburgh Stiller football and running the ball, running the ball constantly. I, it's hard for me to see. And also, too, I know we, we give Mike Tomlin a lot of grief, the head coach of the Steelers, on mm-hmm. his lack of game management. But Zach Taylor, Mike Tomlin, Big give, advantage. Give, give me Tomlin and Big any advantage day for Mike Tomlin, well. yeah. So that's all a long preamble into saying we really like Pittsburgh minus yeah. three, which is kind of sh- kind of alarming with how many injuries there are on the Pittsburgh side of the ball. But I do like Pittsburgh in the spot. That, I think, was my second favorite contest play. Uh, Applebaum would say it's a hazmat play. So there you oh, go. Oh, okay. Josh Applebaum, yes. Well, he probably would be on the dog because right. that's all he no, plays. Yes, but, that, that's right. that, uh, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, here's a dog play that uh, will be intriguing to some. This might be a hazmat play, Jeff. Baltimore and Detroit. Yikes. You get not only the... The angle of Baltimore coming off the emotional Sunday night win off the pseudo short week after the win against Kansas City. But you get Detroit on their own short week coming off of that loss in Green Bay on Monday night football. And each of these teams do have some injury concerns. The the injury report has not gotten any better for Baltimore, even though they won that game on Sunday night. No Ronnie Stanley, the starting left tackle. So we will again see Alejandro Villanueva, who started in week one at right tackle and was horrible. He was better last week at left tackle. He'll start there again. But no Derek Wolf, the defensive end, he is out. You have a number of questionable uh, players, including a couple who have been on the COVID reserve list all year. Lamar Jackson popping up questionable with an illness. Hollywood Brown questionable as well. So this continues to be a banged-up team. It's not like Jeff just one week, despite the win, they all of a sudden, for head coach John Harbaugh, immediately became 100% healthy. This is going to continue to be a theme for Baltimore, especially throughout this early part of the year. And on the Detroit side, you will be without Jamie Collins, the linebacker who has essentially said he wants to be traded. The team has said we're going to try to accommodate that. So he is not going to play until they find a trade partner for him. Uh, as a result, and the one thing here, if, if you're thinking about taking Detroit, the thing that would worry you, Jeff, you're going to see either Derek Barnes, who has five NFL snaps, a fourth-round rookie, or Jalen Reeves-Maben, who has not started a game since 2019. They will take Jamie Collins' spot, who is the anchor of the defense and a, a, a linebacker. You're trying to shut down a Baltimore running game that is uh, pretty good last time I checked. Look, so uh, and with that said, I would only bet Detroit here. <laughs> bet so, look, 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 it's a good uh, spot for Detroit. Yeah, but, it, look, it's but, understood that it's a short week. I understand that. that You never really want to be on a horrible team on a short week. No. But Baltimore's injury report is horrible. And I understand it was horrible last week and they still beat Kansas City. But that was... That was the win that franchise has been looking for since Mahomes and Jackson have started playing the last four years, last three years, I should say. And they finally got it. And you're going to a horrible team who, by the way, I will say this, the Detroit Lions of the, of the bunch of bad teams we have in the league, the two teams in the AFC South, Houston and Jacksonville, the Jets, uh, Detroit, I would throw in that bottom, bottom four. The Lions are pretty clearly the best of those four. Because Goff, for all of his issues, it's competent. isn't horrible. And now that the expectations are off, yes, does Goff still make his mistakes? Yes. Does he look horrible at times? Yes. But he's much better than a normal quarterback on a horrible team. And you have a defense that has a lot of issues, looked horrible in the second half against the Packers, looked good for a half. And this is kind of what Detroit has done through the first two games. They've looked horrible for a half of the game, and they look at least like an NFL team for the other half. 
It's just a matter of how bad is that half where they look really hard. How much does it kill you? How, yeah. how much do they get beat by in the half where Baltimore dominates them, which will inevitably happen? And look, I, they should be able to pressure Lamar a little bit. Lamar will get his rushing yards. Lamar will rush for over 100 yards like he usually does. But I wouldn't be shocked if Detroit is in this game and they have a drive late to at least either get in the back door or they're already in the back door trying to drive to force overtime. So I wouldn't be shocked if this is a tighter game than people think just because the spot is bad for Baltimore and the injury report is a nightmare for the Ravens. Are you staying away here from a teaser survivor standpoint if you're uh, if you're Baltimore? Baltimore, I consider. I, I took Pittsburgh in our exclusive visa survivor. Oh, we will, oh, we so will talk asking, about the survivor I, I, strategy I, I, later. I, I, I'm asking for a big problem this week with Pittsburgh. <laughs> I for sure. love it. I love it. If only you'd taken Houston Week One and Survivor, I would have had two left. I would have probably mm-hmm. done. I would have probably done Pittsburgh and probably would have done Baltimore with the second entry if I had two entries. Jeff in our exclusive Visa Survivor pool, that uh, he was the only one who had two entries, and he's already lost one of them. So you're, you're, you're uh, even. Th- th- thank with, you, thank you, Atlanta. You're even with the playing field. Uh, the one thing too, I'll add on on Detroit from a blocking perspective, which most most of these bad teams either have horrific O lines or they can't get any pressure on the quarterback. At least for Detroit, the O-line has looked solid so far. Mm-hmm. And, and the one area you worried about coming in would be Penny Sewell. There was a lot of so negative look, feedback on him at right tackle in the preseason because they've had injuries uh-huh. as well on the offensive line. Well, they moved him to left tackle, which is his more natural position. Look, according to the PFF grades, Jeff, he's been the 10th best left yeah. tackle in the league he's so look, far. He's looked totally fine. He's looked totally fine. And look, uh, you have to at least wonder. We went with Cincinnati. I know Jamar Chase has looked very good in the first two games. but you have to wonder if that was if Cincinnati down the road is going to pay not for taking Sewell uh, there at number five. So, oh, when you watch Joe Burrow uh, just get pounded into the turf in basically every time he drops back, yeah, you can't. Yeah, it's just just rough. I, it's, yeah. it's, <laughs> and it's what well, we talked about earlier with that Cincinnati game. They're now forced to start, and not Jackson Carmen, who is another highly rated prospect, but he's not on the same level as no. uh, as, as Penny Sewell. Uh, so we'll we'll see uh, we'll see what happens there again in our next segment. We'll get into. Our, our consensus, our fade or follow, uh, as we will we'll look into it. It's interesting, Jeff, just as we'll, we'll get into the rest of these, one of them does center on one of the five different backup quarterbacks all starting this week uh, in, in the NFL. Obviously, this is not one of them in, uh, in, in Baltimore and uh, Detroit. But uh, for you, does that, just from a general sense here, have you found yourself just crossing off these games with the, with the backups, just trying to completely stay away from them? And li- because that does limit yourself for the rest of your selections from a contest standpoint, no, or no. do you still find value on some of those spots? No, we'll get to it. There yeah. are some that you can absolutely take with the backups, and you're actually getting a better number. You're yeah. absolutely – we'll get to them. They'll expand. They'll yeah. expand. All right. Well, when we return, uh, so the number one consensus game, we'll just lay this out right now and break it down after the break. I'm not sure how this happens, Jeff, or how when it has happened before. I think it's happened before. But – Maybe once a year. You're – Maybe once here, we're getting it out of the way right now. Your number one consensus game is a game that involves both sides in the consensus. Your number one pick uh, overall, Jeff, the Circa Millions consensus, that would be the Las Vegas Raiders minus four against the Miami Dolphins. 1,108 selections. Miami plus four. 1,044 selections, which happens to be fourth on the list. We will break that game down next as we get into our one of our favorite segments. Fade or follow the consensus right here on Beeson Bet Center.
Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSIN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money, and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to vcin.com data and analysis. To get everything VSIN has to offer for only $22 per month, sign up now at vcin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back in. It's VSIN Bet Center. Back with Jeff Parles. I'm Ben Wilson as we... Take a look at all the week three games in the NFL card and one of our favorite traditions on this short-lived show, Jeff. It's become a quick tradition. We love it. Fade or follow the consensus with the wrinkle this week that we have to, we're going to fade one of these. We're going to follow the other because we have the same game involved in both sides in the consensus. Number one consensus this week in Circa Millions, the Las Vegas Raiders minus four against the Miami Dolphins. Who you turn right around, Dolphins plus four, Jeff, for the fourth most popular pick. Go I, figure. Yeah, I was... But so Wes Reynolds, uh, who you hear on this network uh, on Saturdays and Sundays for six hours on Saturday, starting at noon Eastern. The and Iron then Man. Se- and then seven hours on Sunday on the Green Zone. Him and Dave Ross do a tremendous job uh, starting at 10 a.m. Eastern time on Sunday. Wes called me basically to, uh, to tell me the consensus because we we're trying to figure out our other entries, uh, what we wanted to do in the Super Contest, if we wanted to change what our thought process was with that based off the consensus here. I was floored to see that both sides of this game were in the consensus. I expected the Raiders to be a consensus because I expect the Raiders, even though the number's dipping to three and a half in some spots now, I expect the Raiders to be a, a as strong of a public side as there is from the, from the average Joe's side of the bin, where it's the backup quarterback for Miami, on the road, off a 35-0 loss, the Raiders are 2-0, and a surprise 2-0. and How can the Raiders possibly lose to Miami at home? And how can they possibly not win by at least a touchdown? I think that's going to be a very common thought for some new, for, for, for the public. The sharper said, the sharp side, we are on Miami here in this contest. Wes and I put to put the Dolphins in in the circle millions. Okay. The 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 one thing, the one the one the one thing that I will say with with this is you look at Vegas, you look at the Raiders. Derek Carr is not 100% he is going. Looks like Josh Jacobs is going to miss again. Which Doubtful. I don't know if Josh Jacobs being out is a bad thing in the end for Vegas. Because Kenyon Drake, I actually think, fits this offense a little bit better at this point. I will say those T and Peyton Barber combined so far, 26 carries, 53 yards. Yeah, it's not what you want. But, but again, I think that that Gruden is willing to abandon the run game if he needs to here. For Miami, and this is the biggest thing that I think a lot of people are missing here, Jacoby Brissett is a better quarterback at this moment than Tua Tungavailoa. At this particular moment. Will that be the case at the end of the year? Who knows? But Tua was put on, on IR today. He's going to have to miss at least three games. Who knows? Maybe they, the development gets stunted because of this the, this broken rib injury, for a fractured rib injury for, uh, for Tua Tungavailoa. I think Miami is going to win this game outright, actually. I wouldn't be shocked if that happens at all. Just because Brissett is an improvement, and Miami was embarrassed at home last week. They got shut out in a game that, quite frankly, was not the 35-0 scoreline. That was really like 35-21. Because Miami kept getting to the red zone and kept turning the ball over. I had the ball almost the entire second quarter yeah, so, and couldn't score. Yeah. So, look, I, I like Miami here. Wouldn't be shocked if they win the game outright. And, and look, Vegas is going to be one of those teams that I think gets off to a great start like they have in this Gruden era where they've been awesome in the first half and then just completely crumble down the stretch. No, that's I, what yeah. that, that's the path I we're on it. right now. 
and I know Richie Incognito as well, expected to be a play, starter on the O-line, yet, yet anyway. to play this year. So I tend to agree with you on, on this, Jeff. Here is why I am not touching this game with a 10-foot pole. Oh, I, wow. As, as tempted as I was Even to, with the consensus on both sides, Ben Wilson I, I, staying I, away. I am neither. I am doing your, your classic neither fade nor follow. Although if I had to follow one of these sides, I would be on the Miami side, plus four. But I thought about putting this in a teaser, uh, Jeff. Couldn't get there. And, and the biggest thing, the, the most glaring thing to me, all of these signs, it's like a, you know, the, the red flashing light saying, do not trust this Raiders team at this juncture. However, the Miami team that is giving up the highest pressure rate of any offensive line in the league so far, 55% through two weeks. You have a Raiders defensive line that is the number one pressure rate in the NFL, led by Max Crosby, who himself has generated the most quarterback pressures so far with 19 in two weeks. We have seen, Jeff, and sometimes on the surface, seemingly good plays get completely torpedoed because one team cannot block, and as a result, they cannot keep possession of the ball. And as a result, their defense gets completely worn down by the other side, and it just completely snowballs. And I, that is a worry I do have in this game. I think Brissett is fine. I'm not enamored with him, and I think you make some good points. I, he has not been very good when you look at the uh, deep dive statistical numbers. But we saw what happened when Brissett was under siege last week, and now it's a different well. it's, it's a different story when you come in cold. You don't have the week of preparation, but it did not go well. Four sacks, an interception. He was running for his life, as Tua was uh, for most of the at least the the uh, at least in the New England game for most of that, even though they won, and in the first four minutes before he exits that loss, the the Dolphins quarterback. So that's the one thing I, I just can't get there with Miami with an actual in pocket play. Having said that, though. Brian Flores has earned a lot of our uh, our, our our respect and accolades. This is a spot where you trust a guy like Brian Flores to get his team up after a 35 nothing shellacking that, I think in all honesty, like you point out, probably wasn't as bad as the final score indicates. And this is the, your classic game. I actually think Raiders win this game by three, Jeff. I, I think there's going to be some... some uh, we were talking in the break about the St. Louis Cardinals. There's, there's going to be some de- Cardinal Devil Magic-esque I, type things that, I, that translate into Vegas. I think they win the game by three. I would not lay the four there. I, 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 in all honesty, thought it was going to end up being a, a push here. Now that it's both sides of the consensus, that would be very. That, that funny. would that would make sense. Where what, uh, what, Raiders? Uh, what Raiders down by three and they and they get like a sixty yard touchdown driving into twenty field goal seven, twenty twenty seven, twenty three. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, I also was I was a big advocate for the uh, the under last week in that Raiders Steelers game, which was at uh, forty seven and a half. It is now. This is now forty three and a half or forty four. It's a low total. I still think this goes under. Uh, in this game uh, tomorrow. Let's let's shift, though, while we have a few minutes to the second game, Jeff, on the consensus board, which I am, follow- I am following here. I do like this one play, and this is probably our marquee game of the late afternoon slate. L.A. Rams, one-and-a-half-point home underdogs now against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jeff, is, uh, for anybody who followed this, it was open up, open up Tampa Bay as the one-and-a-half-point underdog. L.A. Rams were your favorite to start the week. Things have flipped. A lot of systems out there. A lot of people will tell you it's always smart to back the uh, the favorite when it flips to their side. But I'm I'm not buying it here. You uh, you with me on that? And you're seeing some shops back to one as we've seen a little toggling I here think, on a Saturday. I think the wrong team's favored. And I agree with. I you. think the wrong team's favored. Now, preface this with, with, with here. Would it shock me if Tampa goes on the road and wins this game by ten points? Not one bit. But the Rams at home. This is a statement game for LA. And even though the Bucs are 2-0, and not an impressive 2-0. and Very easily could have lost to Dallas. And that was a three-point game in the, in the late stages of the third quarter against Atlanta before Matt Ryan completely forgot what color jerseys his team was wearing. 
Sorry, you, you had your plus 19 oh, Atlanta teaser leg. You know what? I'm it, was, still it, was sorry. Actually, it was actually okay because <laughs> I had the Seahawks on the other end. So I would have really been mad when the Seahawks blew that game last week against Tennessee if uh, Atlanta actually had handled their business. But this is the. I'm, I don't get this. I, I know I the, don't either. The Rams, I know, op- the Rams opened a favorite and it got bet this week. And I understand why you see some people going on Tampa like, you're going to give me a. It's kind of the same rationale for the Rams. You're gonna give me a point yeah. and a half. You're gonna give me the same. You're gonna give me a point and a half early in the week with the defending Super Bowl champions, where they are two and zero, and they still look very impressive on offense. And Brady might be the best he's ever been at age forty-four. Uh, it's kind of the same argument on the other side with the Rams. You're really gonna give me a plus price. You're really gonna give me a point and a half, a point at home against a team that their defense has looked really mediocre, especially against the pass early in the year for Tampa. Uh, still missing Sean Mur- Murphy bunting with that yes. shattered arm. I, I I think this is a really good matchup for the Rams pass game, and I expect the Rams to cover and win this game outright uh, yeah. and have the inside track to basically, not basically, it would be the inside track to not leaving L.A. for the entire postseason. I, look, I like the Rams. I teased them. We'll get to our, our, our plays later in the final hour of the show, but uh, you think about it too. I, I said this last week. I felt like the market is still overvaluing Tampa, and – Seems like the general public is ready to crown Tampa Bay after two weeks, two games in which, as you you rightly point out, Jeff could have very gone could have gone differently on on opening night, and they let a bad Atlanta team hang around for three quarters. I'll say this about Tampa as well. You mentioned the the injuries on the defensive side of the ball, and no Jason Pierre-Paul, the linebacker. Antonio Brown's out on the COVID list, so they turn to the guy who's been the leading target man, leading receiver so far is Chris Godwin, who has operated solely out of the slot. What have the Rams done this year defensively? They moved Jalen Ramsey to solely a slot corner, where he's only allowed 13 pass yards on 48 snaps out of the slot cornerback position. There's a, there's some some thought, Jeff, that the the Bucks might have to change up their strategy trying to move Godwin around. I think the Rams do have an edge in that area, and I am with you on the, on the Tampa Bay defense. I have not been satisfied. They have the highest blitz percentage in the league. I think that's because Bruce Arians knows he does not have right now the secondary to hold up under pressure. The one thing that's interesting here, the Rams have struggled against the run game so far. Bears were great week one. Colts got back into the game down double digits with the run game. Can Tampa run the ball with Leonard Ford and Ronald Jones? If they can, that can flip this game in the edge of Tampa. Two more consensus plays to talk about. Fade or follow the Circa Millions consensus. We'll talk about two others on the other side here on VEASAN Bet Center. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. 
Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over under and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. And speaking of betting splits, we're back on VEASAN Bet Center. We're talking about games that are among the most popular selections this week in the Circa Millions contest for Week 3 in the NFL as we're back with Jeff Parles. I'm Ben Wilson. About two games. And our consensus plays of which there are only four this week because both the first and fourth most consensus plays were two sides of the same game Raiders minus four your most popular pick this week in circa millions Dolphins plus four your number four most popular pick we talked as well about Rams plus one and a half the second most popular pick in the consensus here's an interesting one Jeff and I think this is more than anything just betting a number based Mm -hmm. on the current market which you sometimes see in the contest the Green Bay Packers your number three consensus pick 1,062 selections, and the, but the big caveat here is that in Circa Millions, you're getting the Packers at plus three and a half. The consensus three, just about everywhere else. And uh, Jeff, while I understand the logic here behind people saying, oh, this is uh, two big time teams in a primetime game, you're going to give me the extra half point? Sure, I'll grab it. The look on your face seems to seems to suggest you don't really agree with I the strategy. I don't, I don't see this. I, this was one that was crossed off immediately for me. Uh, when going through this, I look, I, you know, this as well as anyone You're you're a big green Bay Packer fan, uh, which by the way, apparently half the network is, is from Wisconsin. Now that I'm learning that's uh we are, that's uh that's good. slow but, invasion, but, slow but, moving. But, but, cool. uh, but, uh, look, green Bay's shown me nothing through two games. They were eviscerated by new Orleans. They looked horrible in the first half against Detroit. Finally woke up and, and played a, good second half and guess what if you're the Packers you're supposed to pummel the Lions at home on Monday night you just are and they did in the second half and by the way in-game betting was brilliant in that game because you got all these discounts on Green Bay was. but Ben 
Last year's game in San Francisco has to be thrown out. The short Thursday week, night. The Thursday night short Mullins, week. Right? Mullins, right? Yeah. Mullins and one wide receiver for the 49ers. Trent, not a, Taylor, not a, not a Trent Taylor is the only wide receiver in that game for San Francisco. Two years ago. Now I think Green Bay is better now than they were two years ago. But both games in Santa Clara between these two teams were absolute destructions in favor of San Francisco. Now, look, I know Raheem Mostert went crazy in that NFC Championship game two years ago. He's obviously, his season is done. Trey Sermon looks like he's going to be ready to be the number one back tomorrow night since every other running back on that team is hurt at this rate for San Francisco. But the Niners' defense is legitimately good. I know what happened at the end of that Detroit game. That was all nonsense. Two onside kicks recovered. That, that, that game never got close, realistically, while the first unit was fully up. San Francisco really did a great job in the red zone last week defensively against Philadelphia, and they were dominant in the second half. Philadelphia could do nothing except for the one drive. I expect Green Bay's offense to struggle here, and I think San Francisco's defense is back enough close to the form it was two years ago as opposed to what we saw a year ago when they basically the whole unit was hurt. So I would lean San Francisco. I'm not going to bet this game. I want to see how everyone looks in-game. And what, what's the number on the total one last time again? Right now we are looking at 50 across the board, 150 and a half that's at sound, South Point. That, that's right. I think that, that is number's right. Well. right. Uh, Andrew Ingold, our uh, technical director, fellow Wisconsinite. So, yeah, we're, we're coming for you, Jeff. Wisconsinite's taking over the network. I will say this, and, yes, I have watched every uh, Packer game since uh, 93. This game worries me deeply as a Packer fan. I am fully fading this pick in the Circa Millions consensus. And you mentioned that you think the, the Green Bay offense will struggle. We've already seen offensive line issues plague this team, a team that was one of the best. You could argue the best offensive line. Pro Football Focus had that from 2020. Losing Corey Lindsley, who was the number one PFF center last year, figured to already be a big loss. David Bakhtiari, the left tackle on the PUP list, out the first six weeks to start the season. Elton Jenkins, Jeff, had really been, uh, the, the, I guess, the reliable number three starter on that O-line for Matt LaFleur. They'd moved him around to different spots. He'd started 32 straight games. He was a consistent presence who was a really underrated blocker in that scheme. They moved him to left tackle where he was good last, the first two weeks, replacing Bakhtiari. Uh, but he got hurt. He's out. He, and, they yeah. just, and he went from doubtful, downgraded to out earlier today. So on the Green Bay side, you're looking at, uh, you could potentially move Billy Turner over from right tackle to left. Turner has struggled, though, and, I, and we've seen how, in, at least in week one, when the pressure from the Saints got to Rodgers, this offense really did struggle, and, we, and as you point out, San Francisco defensively is on a different level than New Orleans, than Detroit from what we saw in the first two weeks on, on the side of Green Bay. On the other side of this as well, I, have, I, I think the most disappointment I could, 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 could possibly have as a Packer fan, Joe Brady's uh, uh, defense so far, or Joe Barry's defense, excuse me, 28, not Joe, not that Joe Brady, different. Uh, Joe Barry. Joe Barry, 28th in uh, defensive DVOA at this point, but it's been all the things that you liked about him when he was with the Rams, which is where Matt LaFleur plucked him from as the linebackers coach. It is not translated no, in any not way. Not they're, not, they're not attempting <laughs> to blitz. They're not getting any pressure. I know it hurts that you have Zadarius Smith. Uh, he's out and, and now placed on IR, the linebacker, with the constant nagging injuries that, that he's had to deal with, but you could make the case, Jeff, that last week, if it did not get slick at Lambeau, if the rain did not start to come down, Packers might have been in trouble of actually losing that game because Detroit had no issues moving the ball until the rain started coming. And to that point, while San Francisco is down to one healthy running back, essentially, that's pretty much the case here. Trey Sermon is the only healthy running back in the room. 
And while they haven't put up monster numbers to this point, they're still, look, you know, 11th in offensive efficiency, 5th in passing so far. And in a primetime spot like this, you mentioned the historical dominance for the Niners, at least in recent years. I think they run. I think they blow out Green Bay in, in a game like this. I would not be. I would not be taking the points yeah, just I, because I, it's three I, and a half. I don't want anything to do with this. Uh, again, uh, again. One other. One other thing though with San Francisco that is a little bit concerning to play devil's advocate to both of us here. Is, yeah, please do that as, it, uh, as a Packer fan. I would it, like to hear it. Look, look, Jimmy. Jimmy G has been very average so far. He's been very pedestrian, and I am concerned about the running back depth because Sermon is Sermon's going to have to start because Mostert season's done. Hasty's on IR. Um, Elijah Mitchell. Elijah doubtful. Mitchell probably not playing. I that lack of running back depth for that team is a huge issue because of the way they play. So keep in mind th- that is the, got, that is the uh, argument. That is the yeah. argument for Green Bay that it is the the uh, the walking wounded for the backfield of San Francisco. Sermon right now. was concussed after one carry as yeah. well last week, so it's yeah. not like he's fully healthy either. So right. all right, well thanks. He's for, cleared at least. Thanks for thanks for playing devil's advocate. I appreciate it. I expect a whitewashing. I hope. I hope for uh, for Andrew and I sake that uh, that does not happen. Let's get to our final game on the consensus. This is going to be a popular teaser game, popular survivor game, and it's now also lumped into the Circa Millions contest. The Arizona Cardinals on the road laying seven and a half. Betters didn't care that they had to lay the hook here, Jeff. It's seven pretty much consensus market wide. Seven and a half in Jacksonville, and I get it. It's a Jacksonville team that has looked like the worst team in football by a pretty wide margin. And it's an Arizona team that has been the talk of the NFL so far through two weeks, so much so that we saw Kyler Murray's MVP odds shortened all the way down to plus 650 at a couple shots behind only Patrick Mahomes. Are you worried at all about the, uh, the, the trap game of all trap games for Arizona going into Jacksonville this week? I'm surprised that this still made it in the consensus with the hook. Uh, Super contest at seven. So I expect, expected yeah. Arizona to be in the consensus there. Surprised at seven and a half that it's consensus. I, I really am. Now, did I want anything to do with Jacksonville? No, absolutely not. To me, through the first two weeks, and we can count Thursday night too, the Jacksonville Jaguars are the worst team in the NFL because Houston, who looked dreadful on Thursday night, smacked them in week one. And you already have Urban Meyer putting out, we will get better messages on social media. Trevor Lawrence looks completely lost so far. That coaching staff and that roster put together is a is a mess. And I wouldn't be shocked if Arizona wins this game by three touchdowns. Even though it was a bad spot for Arizona, coming off a game they should have lost to Minnesota, and with, Air, with uh, Seattle and L.A. back-to-back the next two weeks. This is the ultimate hold-your-nose play. If you, if you bet, go if you on bet Jacksonville, this is the, yeah, exactly, yep, I, absolutely. Uh, I will, I'm going to fade this play in the consensus, and there's really no statistical basis for me doing it, to your point, Jeff, because for Trevor Lawrence, quarterback for the Jaguars, lowest-graded pro football focus quarterback so far through two weeks, six turnover-worthy plays. That is the most in the NFL so far. 36% of his passes, Jeff, have been uncatchable, by far the highest rate in the NFL. And on the other side, Kyler Murray, he's been basically a top-two quarterback to, to this point, second in passing yards and touchdowns. We mentioned the odds movement for him on the MVP front. I still just get this weird feeling with Cliff Kingsbury, though. And an Arizona team that is uh, banged up a little bit. They have two, one offensive lineman, Brian Winters, out. Kelvin Beecham, questionable, who's been injured all week. DeAndre Hopkins, likely to play, but he's questionable. This just feels like a game where they get off to a slow start. I think they'll win the game. I wouldn't worry. If, I think teasing Arizona and playing them in Survivor is fine if you really want to do that. 
But this is like, to me, this is Jacksonville's last stand. Yeah, you go. Well, I'm, gi- I'm giving them one more chance. I don't know. If about they that. lose this game, I it might be 0-17. Right, oh, if, they okay. if they don't cover, I should say. Easy. Easy on that one. They're, they're terrible. Easy. They're bad. No this one's my, if I was no betting, one's my going, last chance on no one's go. No one's going 0-17. No one's going Don't bet that prop again, I guess. Uh, we have more games to preview. We'll go into that final hour of Eason Bet Center coming up next. Every day brings another opportunity to improve your sports betting knowledge, and the VSIN experts are working around the clock to give you the betting edge. Subscribe today to gain access to the full betting experience of our team of professional bettors, expert guests, and sportsbook insiders. Get the data and analysis you need to improve your sports betting IQ. Start your free trial today at vcin.com slash subscribe and take your sports betting game to the next level. Did you miss a VEASAN show? We have multiple daily and weekly podcasts to keep you up to date on all the latest sports betting action. VEASAN Best Bets bring you the highlights from our daily lineup of shows, including Follow the Money and a Numbers Game. Market Insights with Josh Applebaum gets you ready with the latest lines in action. Beating the Book with Gail Alexander provides the insider view on analytics-based betting strategy from professional bettors, handicappers, and sportsbook operators. Visit vcin.com slash podcast today to find all of our podcast options. VEASAN is here to help you learn more about sports betting. Sign up for our free daily newsletter at vcin.com forward slash email and you'll get show highlights and expert insights every morning. That's vcin.com forward slash email. New to VEASAN, the best way to learn more about sports betting and how VEASAN can help you is to sign up for our free daily email. You'll receive an email every morning with show highlights and expert insights. Sign up for free today at vcin.com slash email. That's vsin.com slash email. If you didn't catch VEASAN last week, 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 didn't catch VEASAN. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? 
backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. CNN.